of yeah. <laughs> so at least this was is it before Thanksgiving, which is when my daughter like at, at November first she started that. I was like, this is no, no don't no. you di- you're not you're not playing that stuff in my house. No, yeah. There's statute of limitations as far as like when. Christmas music is allowed to start. But George Michael is always welcome. So, yeah, I'm playing this because, you know, here we are, Soccer Mom Sunday, right? Uh, we're in the holiday season. Mellow um, Mushroom Sunset Hills. Mellow Mushroom Sunset It smells so good in here, too, by the way. Uh, and I'm hungry right now, so I might have to take a break from this and take, place an order. <laughs> I am uh, 38 hours into a fast. Oh, why are you so doing this, that? <laughs> you ever hit the wall and you're just like, I feel horrible yeah. and I don't know why and then typically it's food and beer I just eat more food <laughs> that's I, wrong well okay, we just where were we oh we were out in Phoenix for the MLS Next yeah, Fest yeah you were gone for a bit and we ate a lot <laughs> and just you know you sit on the plane for three and a half hours after that like, and it's like Ugh. yeah so I came home seeing how it goes so it was a little rough walking in here today and i'll give him credit it smells wonderful as always um you got you and i were both away last week because um, i think while you either maybe you were coming and i was going you were headed out and i was also i was down in texas with yeah. the one and only ruth harker well you were with more than just ruth harker uh, yeah it was uh, you know i'm like be cool be cool Act like you're a professional. Be cool. Did you? But fan, I was there. Did you fangirl out? Totally did. Well, I mean, only like only only when they came in my the U.S. Women's National Team came in my vicinity, which they were amazing, by the way. They but I was like, this is also their night. They they had they played China, and then the next night they had their players ball, and they had all the awards that we would normally see on any club, high school, college team. Like, um, you know, most supportive player I believe was Crystal Dunn. You know, most competitive was probably also Crystal Dunn. <laughs> Where they they gave you know team awards like like end of the year team awards out and then to see them dressed fabulous and looking fabulous in a completely different way and I really loved and enjoyed talking to some of their parents who were there yeah. about asking about their journey and and all that. Do you know what the common theme was though of these very successful ladies, the parents? Stay out of the way. There you go. How how did we know? How did you know? <laughs> I took a guess. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> But that so, was the common theme, and it was really awesome to hear. But then I'm also to say, um, who was it I was talking to? Uh, Sam, uh, Sam Cook's uh, parents, I think it was, and um, I think that's right. And her dad apparently did the writing for Brianna Scurry's book, as well as Carly Lloyd. So you know he's steeped in soccer for quite a while. But he's like, when it comes to this, this is her thing. Yeah. You know, it's not our thing. Uh, we're here to support. And her mom is really grounded too. It was like sometimes we're here just just so she can cry because she's like, I don't know if you could, you know, but these ladies are sore. Like they're, they're tired. Their bodies are beaten up half so the time. So are you saying they're, they're under a little bit of stress? Yeah. They're, they're a yeah. So they were they were you know dancing and letting. And I'll hang out in a, in a really fun way. And it was cool to see them connect with Ruth, right? And for me, for them to see and to, to be like, hey, this was the originals. And if somebody didn't know because they were really young and they didn't know, they were made to know. And that was awesome. I love so, that. But did you, so did you control yourself? Was it more of like a little <laughs> shy wave or did you fist bump when they were close enough? You know, it was did more you? of a, as a handshake. A couple, <laughs> I got a couple of hugs, which is awesome. Or I got, you know... Uh, when when Lynn Williams and Crystal Dunn are like, girl, you look good. I'm like, oh, can you record that for me? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say that again. This is FaceTime. Uh, FaceTime Apparently, my kids. Rose Lavelle's mom and dad, but mostly mom, who's hilarious. She's the best time ever. She's a fireball girl. So she got like, if you were in her vicinity. Fireball? They did a round of, okay, I was like, I, one. That's I my mother-in-law. And actually split it with another person because we were I don't like it. And so we just like, but... She, she came to play, and Rose Lavelle's mom had a great time. Such a great lady too, and Dad was so great. They live in Cincinnati. So you're saying it was a good time? It was a great time, and and again, I, I looked at my role as I, if anybody was in my vicinity or had, got an introduction, heck yeah, I got a picture. Told them my daughters played that you know they love them, but at the same time, for me, this was Ruth's night. Ruth walked the red carpet as she should have. And, you know, anywhere she was, I'm like, let me take a picture of you. Let me let me take a picture of you. Because it was just, it was great. It was great to see that kind of line of sight. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I saw the photos. Looked like a, looked like a blast. I mean, it, I, you, were, you were in Texas. We were out in Phoenix. Um, it, it was crazy out there, too. Like, 
the, the MLS Next has expanded so much. I can't even the keep track side. of it. Like the, the number of teams, and that's a whole other issue, another debate slash topic. But the enthusiasm that these kids have, like random teams going to a corner to watch Philly Union versus, you know, uh, uh, Real Salt Lake or whatever. Like these kids love each other. Yeah. And then there's the aspect, the factor of, Footy access is there, and U.S. Youth mm -hmm. National page, all the social media pages, and they all know who those photographers are. Mm -hmm. So these kids are chasing <laughs> down, and it's this like really weird thing going on. And and I just I've been thinking about like our show and these conversations that we have, um, the pressure these kids are under. It, it's just ridiculous, like because the social media and the expectation, and I mean the first night's games. If there was two scouts there, there was 50 standing wow. on one corner, and they all have their gear. There's NC, there's IU, there, I mean, there's all of them. And these kids are 15, right. you know, 14, 15, 16. And I get it, they're entering into that phase, but man, the pressure. Yeah. Because, because back when we all played, you didn't see them all just congregating on a corner. They were hidden in the bleachers. If you got, if they came. So you never or knew. if they were out there. Yeah, you assumed, you knew there were certain games you were like, okay, I know somebody's right. here. But you didn't have that, like, wall of pressure staring at them. No, and that is it was, massive. It was crazy. So. A teenager who, you know, sometimes can't even, my 17-year-old can't even manage himself executive functioning sometimes. So much less, you know, manage yourself in front of, in a yeah. professional manner, which no adults who couldn't do that and no. and and have that kind of thing on them that's a big deal and to go perform yeah it was it was fun though i was glad the 15 struggled a little bit 16s our boys 3 and 0 oh, um f uh, 14 goals for one against so they're they're kind of clicking right now so it was a lot of fun kept jared happy <laughs> as long as jared's happy everybody's, everybody's happy, happy. <laughs> and well, we did get, we did get him on a mechanical bull by the way uh, what, who Bertrand? Oh yeah, and Zach actually. I should say, yeah, both Whoa. of them. Whoa! It was pretty funny. Did you, did you get on? Hell no. no. <laughs> Remember we, we were You're talking. Like, I'm the photo taker. No, 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 the smart one. Yeah. Like those dudes. <laughs> it was crazy. This place called a Buffalo Chips, in uh, Cave Creek, so it's way north of Phoenix, right before you get to uh -huh. the mountain range on the north side. Cowboy Town. It was wow. crazy. Like wow. pe people were parking horses in the beer garden from their neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. It was right up our alley. Well, I feel like we got to welcome <laughs> our guest in now because it's time. we you know we talked a little bit about performing under pressure and if uh, any of our a lot of our guests are used to that, but this this nice lady is also Lindsay Kennedy Eversmeyer. Lindsay, first of all, thanks for coming. Thanks for inviting me. It's been me. two per times I asked you on short notice and this one worked. Boom, boom. <laughs> I'm here. And you know, I I so for anybody who doesn't know and uh, my computer just all the bullets, so many bullets, right? So from from being a men's coach at is it South Southwest Western Illinois, Illinois yeah. Swick, mm -hmm. Southwest. I just noticed Swick. So Swick, I know. Southwestern Illinois to of course playing competitively yourself, being involved in the WPSL on the on the women's side of the game. Our one of our own voices in in City Stadium, City Park Stadium, yep. giving game analysis those days, and you know many other things to keep track of. Do you know the first time I came in con like not real contact with you, I think I shook your hand that night, but we didn't know each other was when you were inducted in the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And you know, you got a green jacket. I got a green you got jacket. A green jacket. And do you know what really stood out to me that night was I didn't know you. Um, I was sitting there watching and just being in awe and, and most and some and some complaining to myself that there are more women, at least we got one here, but like <laughs> there's more. I hope she's one of many. Yeah. Was something that you made in your comments when you were kind of thanking everybody, right? And you you said something that I don't know if many I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but I don't know if men would necessarily feel it the same way. I felt it when you said it about the time, what you were doing, right, with, with everything that you're doing, about how you knew that that took away from time with your husband, took away from time with your kids. And I mean, I literally felt the stab in my heart as you were talking about it. Like, yeah. you got very emotional. It almost emotional. makes me tear like, up thinking I know, about like, it. Right? Because, because uh, to do the things that you do, which are awesome, like we read that stuff on paper and we're like, yeah, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. There is always a cost. Yeah. And you and it's, it's incredible to know to me that when you're doing something like that, I, I have to believe that if I was in the in the vibe of your family that they would have felt appreciated in that moment yeah i mean it's 
I don't think people understand sometimes um, how coaches, they have to sacrifice their families. It's it's a lot. And that's time you don't give back, you know. And I remember, especially with my oldest, because, you know, I was telling you before, he had practice four days a yeah, week. How old games. is he now, by the He's going to be 24. 24, so it gives kind of perspective. Yeah. It is, yeah. And, you know, like, I know there's games that I missed or practices that I could have watched. And there's moments, you know, where I was like, I wish I was there, but I'm here training or I'm out of town with my team or you know whatever so that's just it's I, I look back on it and I and I'm not like I shouldn't say that I you know regret it because obviously like I love what I do but those are the sacrifices that you have to make and um yeah I just you know it makes yeah. me sad but and I yeah. it's important to, to let them know that I appreciate them for understanding me and supporting me through that do you know it's funny my um and you and I are often in the stadium together for, I can't believe we're, it's not very far off, by the way, when we're getting ready for this next season for St. Louis City. Um, but I, at one point in time, I was feeling this way, uh, right, just this past season. And I remember my 12-year-old was around. He's the soccer cray-cray. You know, he, he's, you know, we got him a next man up ornament. It looks really cool. He thinks, you know, after he plays in Europe, he might consider playing in the MLS. That's his, you know, goal, oh, yeah. whatever. Um, but Liam, I was just... I just I just missed so much in like a, a couple of weekends and I remember saying I just don't know if I'm nobody say that I, I want to do it but I also want to do this anymore I don't want to keep missing he's like mom I love that you do this right I, I love that you he's like you're happy I, I I like to go to the game I don't get him tickets by the way um, but he's like I like that you're a part of this it seems to make you happy so like it was but I felt I and I thought I remember thinking of you going I bet that's how she felt Absolutely. It was like a stab in the gut. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I remember when I started talking about it, I started to cry. I I'm know like, oh my gosh, did. I don't cry in front of people. Because I was <laughs> like, like oh, so she feels like, like I felt that <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you. I'm like, oh, this hurts. Yeah. And I hate to say this, but I'll, you know, I'm not one to hold back, but I, it's, I don't understand like why us women feel this way, but men do this stuff all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not feel guilty to be gone all the time, you know, yeah. from your kids? Cause there's so many male coaches and not as many female yeah. coaches, but I think it's that motherly instinct. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We just naturally feel like we are supposed to be there for our kids, but then at the same time, like we should be allowed to go do those things mm -hmm. that we love. That's our passion. Then, you know, why should we be judged any different? Yeah. You know, was, I think some people do judge women for being away from their kids. Yeah. I, I think why? they do. Jen Brooks, uh, she's the athletic director over at Ursuline talked a little bit about mm -hmm. that, how her dad, she's like kind of the first of female athletic directors in her line. Their dad was an athletic director, but you know, how many times are, as a kids too, that you're dragged to coach's stuff. Like oh, yeah. my daughter Harper legitimately thought she was a member of the team and she was was just she was just the two-year-old who was busting up ball skills right yeah. she was busting up the drills but she felt a part of it she was drug everywhere yeah of course with that did yeah. your kids get drug around too uh, my oldest <laughs> yeah. yeah my oldest was with me because I was a single parent so it's like if I wanted to coach and make extra money then he had to go with me but then he became our like mascot you know like and the parents they would always be like hey you know if he doesn't want to sit on the bench he can sit over here with us and our kids and you know like he did. Oh, he, man, he to have everywhere. a sideline of parents yeah. that watch your kid. Oh, I know that. Thank but, you, Oakville United. <laughs> you know, but also for Caleb, I mean, I think it was good for him because you he got to hear me coaching. And that's, you know, like a side that most kids don't get to hear. So, I mean, as he was younger, he heard me, all the things that, you know, I was telling my players. And so as he grew up, he already knew that. So he was kind of ahead of where he normally would be because he grew up hearing about it, you know, so... Well, I got one more before. And JB is here, by the way. I didn't kick him out. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, I know my place. No, no, I'm no. waiting. Um, no, you have great, great questions. But I think this, so I've, I would have saved this, but since we dug right into it, do you wonder and have thoughts on maybe why we don't have more female coach, coaches? Because it could be that. So I think you're exactly right. Your sons growing up and seeing you coach, my sons saw me coach. So they don't think anything of they, they don't. It's like I remember when you you posted about being Swick's coach. I was like, look at that. And my son was like, so you coach? Like yeah. he didn't. Sorry, he, he didn't yeah. think it was as cool as I thought. I was like, oh my god. And he was like, uh huh. Yeah, you you coached. You coached me. Yeah. I was like, oh, to normalize that pattern for yeah. them. Mm -hmm. To not yeah. only coach girls, but that boys benefit from also being coached by knowledgeable coach women. Yeah, yeah. And your boys love you there at college. They are the best. They I love you. So I watched your videos. Blessed. I'm like, oh, my God, I want to just go coach them <laughs> for a day because they make me feel good. They are. They have been amazing. But, you know, that's a relationship that you have to build. You know what I mean? So, And that's with any coaching job. You know, you have to make sure you let the players know, like, I'm here for you. I want to help you. I want to, you know 
like just tell me what you need to help you be a better player and to get you to the next level and whatever it is. So, I mean, although I'm hard on them, I also have that, which I'm supposed to be, right? But I also have that motherly side. So, you know, like people thought it would be different for me to come in and maybe more difficult for me to coach men, but it's not. I think that they see me, they respect me, and they're like, no, she takes care of us, which is something that we need. Um, and she cares, and but at the same time, you know, like I'll mom them. I always call them a like, mom. Listen, you. I'm a mom here. <clears throat> well, let, let me ask a question then, because on uh, I'm I see it through. <clears throat> excuse me, Beckett's experience currently with City on the 16s. Mm-hmm. The the club at all the age groups has has taken significant steps in addressing uh, mental coaching, mental preparation, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, clubs like uh, St. Louis Faith Development Academy, um, they've put in an individual into that position specifically to address emotional connectivity, mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm hearing you, you, you talk in particular, um, Lindsay, about how you also have that motherly instinct, mm-hmm. you know, as a coach. Do you think that this new focus, this this emphasis on kind of the brain side of the game as well. Um, do, you, do you think you got a little bit of a head start? Is this kind of like a, a, like, duh, you know, this, because most male coaches that I've ever had, it was a non-starter. It was just yeah. something that was never discussed. Yeah. Do you think it's just implicit or is, do you think it's going to become more and more of a learned trait over time? You know, I, I'm not sure. I just feel like emotionally women are more, you know, women are more emotional. And so I feel like I tap into that and I understand both sides of it, which makes it more easy for me to kind of connect with my players. So I don't even know if I'm really thinking about it. I think it's just something that kind of comes natural, to be honest with you. So, do, do, do you see that it creates a stronger relationship vertically and horizontally Yeah. across player to player as yeah. well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, each each player is different. And that's something as a coach that you have to know, like you can't treat all your players the same. So I think it's very important for me to sit down and learn the background to all my players and not just what they are soccer. Like, how's it how's it going at home? You know, how's that going? How, what's your family life like, you know, to see how they struggle and what they need. So um, and I don't know how many other coaches do that or if they give somebody else in the program, you know, like that's somebody else's job to deal with it. But for me, because I don't have that type of support where I coach, I just do it all myself. So it's really good to have that connection because then I check in on them, you know, like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, know, I'm sorry you and your girlfriend broke up. Are you okay? Do you need to talk about it or whatever? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it does give me a little bit of an edge. Well, you know, I think too, it's it's important to say that that, both genders are emotional. I mean, if you've ever seen, like if you see Liam's team start to lose, he will come off the couch and throw a fit. And that is emotion. That is anger. That is frustration. What I think I like that you said is though you normalize I think females in particular normalize emotions that unfortunately and not good have been stereotypically banned from yeah. males that they, they, you know, they can't feel fr- they can't be upset. They can't be. And Liam, my son, Liam, again, here he is, came off of wrestling. And so he won his first wrestling tournament this year. Yay. Um, and he's his main sport is soccer, but he wrestled and he wrestled really hard and he wrestled really smart, but he will always hug the other like they, here's two kids that just try to beat the poo out of each other yeah he hugs them and, he, and a couple of them he's like yeah he cried and he thinks Aww. nothing of it like yeah. he, he sometimes he goes sometimes i cry because i just have to get it out and i'm like yes i'm th- thankful i'm thankful that apparently maybe george and i did a good job and that your coaches are like create a safe space to express yeah. those emotion and yeah. then like jb was alluding to that kind of does drip over to each other, right? Where instead of just maybe walking away and swallowing it, maybe you have a player that puts his arm around the other player and is like, you all right, dude? Yeah. You know, whatever well, that looks like. Yeah, I, f- I find it funny because, I mean, there's so many instances, uh, both on the big screen and in our own little local neighborhood teams, I don't care what the sport is, mm-hmm. where there's these cool themes of we need chemistry, you know, we need to build this camaraderie, we need to trust each other. Mm-hmm. But yet yep. there's not really... Uh, skill sets or drills or training that's that you know that's put into place to actually do that yeah it's kind of expected to become organic and I, what you're talking about you know and, and Jen what you do uh, kind of helps like hey let's open the door to this let's let's yeah. let's actually allow this to not just be organic but be intentional right yeah I, one thing that I really like that we did this year is um, we had one-on-one sessions, like in, in one of our 
pregame thing, or not a pregame, but a um, preseason thing. So each player like linked up with another player, and for five minutes they had a conversation, just talking to each other and getting to know one another. Because you know it's it's hard when, especially with the turnover at JUCO. I mean, you got a whole half of a team basically coming right. in, and they don't know each other, and chemistry is a big thing. And so you can't have that chemistry if you don't like actually try to form a bond with your teammates. So one on one, and how often are they going to go up to someone and say, "Hey, man, let's me and you sit down and have a conversation." <laughs> They're not going to do it. And no. so we were like, no, this is what we do. And it was kind of like, I, it was like speed dating. You know, like I had a, did, what, did you see anything come out of that? Out of oh, just, yeah, because they got they actually got to know. And I was like, what did you find out about so-and-so? Oh, I found out, like, you know, he has five brothers or whatever. You know, like they got to know each other more personally and they broke the ice, you yeah. know. And I, because I did it the first week of our preseason. They, they literally broke the ice. And then when they saw each other, it was like, hey, man, what's up? And it was like, it was done after yeah. that. They were all like, no, I know this person because I talked to him for a while. It was well, great. It, yeah. It's one of those things. It's super easy to belittle an individual that is fighting you for your spot. It's yeah. harder to belittle an individual in which you kind of like what they yeah. like. Yeah. You know, you have yep. commonality. Yes. Yeah. It, and it, yeah. It's that humanization, right? Of, yeah. of That's one of the, the reasons I liked being on the, the city practices and sidelines many times. Like, I, I have a gut. I, don't, I know maybe strategically it makes sense for Jared Stroud to have been traded. Like, I get that. But I feel because I got to know him, I feel punched in the gut by it. Like, yeah. I, I know how he is between their drills. And I know what he's faced. And he's shared some of that with me. And granted, they were interviews and not really a personal conversation. But, yeah, getting to know that person and humanizing them. Yes. And study after study will show you whether it's sports performance, work performance, Anything that involves teamwork, that when there is bonding outside, yep. there's usually correlated better performance on the field. Yes, I agree with that. And I, and I definitely could tell because this year we had, you know, there, there was hardly any drama. You know, it was great. And they were they were like a family. They literally would be like, no, we're a family. And they would, you know, like they prayed before games together. I was not a part of that, nor did I require it. You know, like they had their own little niche and would hang out outside. And it was it was great. You could tell that it translated onto the field. It was awesome to see it. You know, it's so funny that you said that. I was just on, again, Jen Brooks comes up. She has like a monthly call uh, for her athletic directors. It's a, it's a mostly a female group. Um, but they had Julie Foudy on. I saw that. A and it was super cool because one of the things Julie talked about in her 30 minutes of kind of just answering questions from Jen was the fact that they had a great coach and you know, they could have a very – the communication was really important that they could go to the coach and be like, hey, dude, when you're screaming your head off, like this is not helpful to me. And he'd be like, okay, you're right. Like I'll work on that. You know, like that was one thing. But she said when it came to interteam – stuff she's like we basically handled that like mm -hmm. we handled that amongst ourselves mm -hmm. like we worked that out yep. we we figured that out this also is a different generation so they played pranks on each other mm -hmm. <laughs> she's a little bit older maybe they weren't as being as earlier Jenna Ruth Ruth Harker probably has many stories um but they she's like they handled that amongst themselves interpersonally and it translated then to the field yeah it does it really does and you know if you especially if you create that that environment. But you gotta create it, yeah, right? you have to create it because you can't expect them to do it on their own. You know, you just can't. So you have to create it. And I, I, like I said, I think that that preseason thing where they did the speed dating soccer style, it was so good for them because they they literally get to just break that ice. And it did just, anybody look at you as like, I'm, this is what are we doing? I thought we were gonna play soccer. You know, honestly, <laughs> well, because it was in between sessions, so we had double sessions, and then in between we would have like a classroom and Two we would talk about like <laughs> what our culture wanted to be. And honestly, I didn't tell them what the culture was going to be they created themselves and, and that's a huge thing too I found out as a coach is if you let them set their own standards and their culture then it's not you telling them what to do it's them living up to their own expectations which they set so can, can you give that. us an example of the culture because cultures can be described and yeah. defined what were some of the things that they did uh, that created this most recent season's culture what did it look like what what was unique about that? Well, first of all, because I'm at a college, the first thing they talked about was academics, which is fine, you know, because if you're going to be performing on, on the field, you got to perform off of it. So they set standards like, you know, like they want their team GPA to be a 3.0 or higher or whatever. And, um, and then they said, we want you to show up early before practices to work on the things that you, you know, may not be as strong in. And, and then if you have an issue with someone that you confront them face to face and, you know, like you speak with someone respectfully and we don't yell at each other. So there's small little things that they all set that they followed through with, you know, so 
It, it was great for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the things that came up, too, in some previous conversations, um, and I think it came up to Julie Foudy in the call as well, was because she's, you know, broken into the broadcast side of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it has that kind of experience and a, a, a you're in a male-dominated field. Yeah. I, so am I. Yeah. And that that presents, it can be awesome, and it can also present its challenges. Did you find that at all in coaching? Like, there was a, who was it that we had on JB that was like, oh, my God, if I have another referee come over to my assistant male coach. Yeah. Um, but, like, have any of those? I've or, had or that. Or is it not? No, it, it's still there a little bit. Um, I, I've definitely had that happen <laughs> where, you know, like, in the past they would go up to – you know, my, my assistant, and then they'd be like, no, she's the head coach. Yeah. That was annoying. But then it got to the point where the referees would tell each other, hey, just so you know, she's the head coach, and if you go up to the assistant, she's going to snap on <laughs> So then it spread, you know. And then I had a couple of situations. Like, I got to go year. crazy once and set the yeah. tone. <laughs> I had a couple situations. I mean, one, like this coach, I had talked to him. I set up the schedule. Um, I called to confirm. I did all the things. And then when we arrived on the bus, he got on the bus and was, like, looking around, and I was like, yeah, can I help you? And he was like, well, I'm looking for so-and-so. And I'm like, well, he's with the women's team. Like that's not, you're, I'm the men's coach. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've had some of that. And I'm like, it's, it's all fine. online, dude. Yeah, and, and I mean, last year I had an, an instant where I was coaching a certain way, just tactically. Um, and someone, you know, the other coach yelled down, like, this isn't the women's game to <gasps> me. And I'm like, no. Did you beat their yeah. ass? What did you, we were, what did we were you, winning. What did, did you your beat team their, yeah. say? I mean, did they react to that? No, because that's part of the culture. I said, no. I said, here's the thing. Like, as a coach, like, this is my job, all right? And so that is my job. If I want to say something back to him, you got to, like, trust me that I will be the one to do that. Don't try to do my job for me. Same thing when it comes to referees. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, like, with parents yelling on the field. Like, that's one of my things. You're like, like, I got it. Yeah, well, yeah. because, like, I don't come to your office and yell. So don't come to my office and yell. You know, this is my office. So this is my job. And that's kind of like my, my thing. So they don't. They're like, no, I know my coach. She can handle it if, you know, if she if she wants to. And, you know, as, as far as, like, players saying anything, you know, anything about me on the field, I'm like, just ignore those people. Like, I will handle it. You don't need to stick up for me. And they're great. You know, there are a lot of guys, guys soccer players and coaches, who could learn a little something from the women's game. <laughs> they probably could. They probably could, you know. Less and diving. Vice versa. More I've technical. A lot. I've learned a lot from them, too. You for know, sure. like. For sure, it's 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 a different type and style of game. You know, the systems are different. You can do things a lot different. And I hate to say this, but you know, women don't watch soccer as much as men do. Yet, and so yet, yet. <laughs> okay, hopefully more and more. But I, one thing I like is like if I ever wanted to change my system, I could just tell the guys if we're playing. Let's just say, for instance, uh, we're playing a four-four-two, and I say, hey, okay, we're going to go to a three-five-two. I don't have to like put cones out and like explain it to them. They've watched it and they know they can transition into it like immediately. It's- it's a FIFA thing, too. It must be a FIFA thing. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Video game. I, you know, my, yeah. And I think, too, it's also g- generational. So, generational. So yeah. I probably also would have had a hard time with that in a way. But my, my daughter's, my seven-year-old already knows what formations are. So, yeah, yeah. And she, they put on, we have, you know, the women's games on and, and simultaneously sometimes with the men's or we fight over, you know, who's going to put what on, yeah. what TV. Um, but, yeah, she's, you know, she's, my oldest one's 15. And I didn't grow up with position numbers. You, yeah. Were you wing mid or are you? Yeah, no, yeah. Like you didn't, yeah. We didn't use those, but she yeah. already knows all of them. Numbers. So I think yeah. sometimes too, it's maybe it's it's mm, the U.S. catching up, right? Right, culturally yeah. with how this game works. Yeah, number right. one and number two, the more accessibility there is in in like the U.S. Women's National Team or NWSL growing. You you work with the WPSL, yeah, uh, and those games becoming more accessible and available on media yeah. up here in bars where you look over on TV and you yeah. see like, oh, there's women's games that, that they will start watching. Yeah. If I can get yeah. their head off their screen, <laughs> their phone, yeah. they will start watching. That, that's the big key is getting, their, <laughs> their, getting them off social media to actually you know, watch a game. But that was the one thing I think that frustrated me a little bit. With my WPSL team, because my players were super competitive, um, they did watch soccer a lot. But right. you know, the lower level women's teams, like I'd say, hey, the women's national team played last night. Do you watch? And they're like no and I'm like oh my gosh I, I can't even talk to you about it then right because you know? this is a conversation when I have and it's sad well and, the, and there's like elevated levels of ambivalence as well that's occurring yeah. now because like sometimes even on the men's side we will have a friendly there will be a game that's on I will I, and I won't even know it's on because Champions League's the next day or like my priorities yeah. are elevating and I think the kids today there's, there's a lot of that going on too yeah. mm-hmm. because soccer's 
24-7 at this yeah. point it on t- television. Yeah. So, yeah. The, oh, for sure. so their ability to consume the best players in the world at all times yeah. is unlimited. Yeah, right. So I, I have a question. I'm going to go back to a little bit of the SWIC, your operations there, and specifically you know, reacting to, you know, you being the female coach, you know, like the, the, the opposing coach, throwing shade, et cetera. I'm curious about the recruiting process. Has yeah. that been, I mean, I have to assume that, it, that you've got stories <laughs> um, because it's, you know, m- most people are just are not used to it. So yeah. I'm curious as to how that's going um, to recruit when you walk in and, you're, you're, you're a female head coach for a men's JUCO team. Yeah, so um, locally, it's not, it, ha- it honestly hasn't been that difficult um, because locally, a lot of the kids know who I am. So right. you, it, I don't think I could have stepped into this role and not had some sort of background. You know, like if you're going to coach a men's team, they got to respect you and you got to have something where they look at it and be like, okay, you know, she's, she's had some success on the, on the coaching side. Um, she's been in the men's game. That was a big thing because I'm like, I've already played a level you've never been at. So, you know, maybe you should listen a little bit. But, um, you know, it's been super easy for the local kids. Um, and I've even gotten some kids that are, you know, I have a kid from Texas and it's, it, it's a conversation. I think that once you get them, most of those guys I talk to on Zoom because they're obviously not here. But it's a conversation and they, you know, if they feel like you care about them, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, the funny ones are the ones that don't look you up that aren't from here before you talk to them. Mr. And, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Mr. Excuse me, Mr. You know, like, excuse me, Mr. I'm very interested in your program. I'm like, okay, I'm a ma'am, but that's fine. Uh, or the ones where I'm like, hey, I'm interested. You know, can I have a Zoom with you? And they're like, yep, I love it. And I love their reaction. Like, and, I, and I know every time because I'll hit that video button and then you see their face. They're like... They're shocked. They're like, oh, shoot, there's a what's woman on the up, other end. dude? But, yeah, I'm just like, what's up? And they're just, because, you know, Lindsay could be a men's name in some countries, right? So. Used to be. It, it used to be, right? It used to be. Well, um, but. Fle- this, Fleetwood Mac. There you yeah, go. But this is definitely something where um, I always make sure when I recruit and do a video call, I have one of my players on, you know, and typically it's one of my captains. I make them involved in this recruiting process as well. I'm like, hey, what did you think of the conversation? Because, you know, these are players that are going to play with them. And so they'll see me, they get confused, and then my captains will come up and they're guys, and then they can speak about the program, and then it becomes more like, okay, well, you know, this is legit. It's not just some female trying to scam me into playing for her team. (laughs) They're like, no, you know, like I have one from Brazil and one from England, and they get on, they're like, no, this is, you know, like, this is legit. This is what's been a part of the program. This is how we do it. This, you know, it's been all good. So I haven't had any issues, you know. So do you, do, does it does it hit on you in this moment? It may not until you're done, but does it hit on this moment that you're kind of like the leading edge of the wave? I mean, you're not the only one. There's there's women out in football. There's women yeah. out there that are that are becoming normal for mm-hmm. for men to play for. And I find it so interesting. We you know you probably as well. I grew up largely being coached by men. Mm-hmm. That's never a question of yeah. can a man coach a girl? Yes, they can. And yeah. I had great coaches. Yeah. Um, and to have the question many times it comes up. Um, I have a friend who's yeah, in town. She'll probably be on this podcast at some point in time. Uh, her name is Ellen, and you know she's interviewed before. It may be a Lindbergh or maybe Eureka. I don't remember who it was, but you know, in the questions of being a boys' coach, it was like, "Do you think you can handle the boys?" And she's oh. like, "Yeah, I, I, I got it. Right, I, I got it." I wish this was on video because <laughs> I believe your skin just peeled back. Can a you handle inches. them? Can you? Making people run pretty much handles everything. Whenever somebody says says that to you, what what goes through your head? What do you want to say? Well, I'll tell you what I do say, and it kind of stumps them. And I said, "Has okay." So I actually feel like in my position, which is a little different, um, I said, "Well, I feel like I have more experience coaching the men than a man would have coaching the women." And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know one man that's played women's professional soccer." But I have played men's professional soccer, so how how would I be any less qualified to coach a men's team than he would be to coach a women's team? And he's never experienced even playing on a women's team before. And they're all kind of like, you know, they they can't really respond. (laughs) But I'm I'm probably one of the few that can actually say that and get away with it, you know. Um, But then at the second time, I'm like, why raise two boys? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I 
I, right. I know what it's and I have a husband. So if I can deal with that, you know, 24 seven at my house, I'm but a boy. Do you have mom. a dog? Like, I have, you have a dog too? I have two dogs. There you go. Yeah. I have two <laughs> dogs. So I don't, I have, t- I have one two of them's a male. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I just feel like, you know, when it comes to coaching, coaching is teaching and our female co- teachers teaching boys yes they are so what's the difference whether it's in a classroom or on the field it's that's, teaching. i love that point that's so, that's a great point right so, there. so let me bring up this side of the college game in particular because we we alluded to it a little bit before we jumped on the mic um talk about your thoughts and feelings specifically at the d1 level because so many of the d1 programs are coached by men mm-hmm. um d- do you think that there needs to be more of a shift on that side as well because you're clearly a pioneer as a woman coaching the men's game but there's a big gap still on the women's side of the game from a head coaching perspective what's your thoughts on that side of the equation um totally imbalanced you know does it need to be addressed or do you think it's just gonna sort itself out naturally over time or does it stay status quo well, I might, the question is, is like how many women are applying? Like are, are women genuinely interested in coaching at the D1 level? Are they applying for jobs and men getting the job over them? Like, I don't know if, um, you know, I don't know how many women are actually wanting to coach in college. Cause like what you're talking about, I think that natural role is they like, I'm going to get my degree, I'm going to get married and then I become a mother and I don't have time to do the D1 cause I need to be at home with my kids. So I, I don't know how many women are actually wanting to be a Division One coach. We don't know, you sure. know. So I, I would hope that more females would be like I am um, and like Jen is and be like, no, you know what? This is something I'm passionate about. It is okay for me to be a mom and to pursue something that I love like coaching and knowing that taking time away from my family to provide for them is okay. So I don't know if that's been normalized, you know? I think it's interesting you say that because I think it's changing. I think with our yeah. generation, for sure, I'm, I'm a bit older. Um, and I didn't coach D1. I coached only youth. Um, and there, it was not a path that you looked at as being mm-hmm. like a fit for. Like mm-hmm. that's not for me Yeah. Uh, because you didn't see me. You yeah. didn't see yourself doing it. So right. uh, kids typically, you know, look at everything that, you know, when little boys are... What little boy growing up I didn't imagine themselves to be a major league baseball player? Right, yeah. We have the Cardinals here, right? right and yeah. then we blues hockey. We had football here for a time. I'm talking back in the Cardinals days. Yeah, re- the wrestling, Cardinals days. wrestling at the chase. <laughs> wrestling yeah, at the chase. Yeah, oh yeah. my God! How many times I jumped off the couch and, and did those moves, and my mom was like, "Don't you dare!" But when you when you see a, somebody that looks more like you, sounds more like you, you dream, and so. When, you know, we had Stephanie Gabbert on. She's been at NCAA. She coached for U.S. Soccer. We, Jackie Billet, they've all, mm-hmm. Wendy Dillinger. Yep. There's not as many. <clears throat> and, but I think you said that is important, normalizing the fact that not, it can be hard. Yeah. But, but not only can you, but maybe you should. Maybe yeah. it's good that your, your mom and your kids normalize seeing mm-hmm. my mom's coaching a bunch of whoever boys yeah. girls this is her job she's out there taking on the other coach or referee or whatever and they so, they grew up in that environment yeah so so i have a little bit of a theory um because you know we're talking about uh, perceived expectations or natural tendency of nurturing versus working in you know the evening times in particular because you know, what we're talking about in the coaching world, it's generally after three o'clock. It's usually four, five, six o'clock. And, and, and at, the, at the academy levels and beyond, you know, it's evening hours, right? Yet in the rest of the world, the business world, right, we're, we're really talking about seven to four, eight to five, normal time frame. And women in the workforce, I mean, anybody that would deny this is a fool, the trajectories off the charts, like the growth of, uh, high power women that are CEOs and yep. you know managing partners. I mean that that's exploding, but they're doing that at the same time that their children, that you know the family's kids, are in school. Yeah, correct. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it, do you think that it's just maybe a little bit of the nature of the game in which that's that's family time for the vast majority of, of households in this country yeah. between five and 10, yeah. right? Yeah, you're that's right. homework, that's dinner, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So do, do you think that just that kind of logistics 
is is slowing down progress of women coaching as well? I mean, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, how many coaches though in high school, in those hours, or even club, are male coaches, and they're not accessible, right? You're right. you're either not accessible, or your kids are with you, your kids are with <laughs> eating, you yeah. eating their food. That that it might be a societal standard where it becomes just as normal. Just as hard, right, on the other spouse. I've, I've been the spouse coaching. I've been the other spouse mm. doing all the running while mm. somebody else is coaching. Where it just becomes, it, it's less, um, I don't know that necessarily, I couldn't tell you if women are, are not interested, but there is a dynamic at home that has to shift, right? Yeah. So when you're, when you're after school, and even teachers, right? Teachers stay up many times after school. They're not available. Um, when you're staying after school and coaching right after, or whatever those times look like, so if you've got kids, somebody's doing the other work. Now, yeah. if you can pay somebody to do that, great. Good for um, you. You're good for you. <laughs> um, but many times it's, it is. And, and I think sometimes this is just Jen Soapbox. I, I feel like many times in our country still it's shifting that it's predominantly defaulted to, to, to the mom. Yeah, and so it, it makes it hard to be like, yeah, sure, I want to go out there and coach for a couple of hours and try to figure out how to get my kids also yeah. to practices at this time. And, oh, when we're done? When I'm Dinner. done mm -hmm. and I'm bringing four children, this is personal, four children home from Oakville High School and they are starving and they're hungry and my spouse is traveling, that kind of stuff. And they have homework. And, and, oh, yeah, if we because they probably didn't do it. And a runny nose. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a little bit of... And yeah. then you have chores at home, too. You know, yeah. you got the dishes, the laundry, the, all the things. Right, you know? right. I, me, I'm, I'm a, if you want it done right, I got to do it myself type of person. <laughs> so I could put that on someone's list, but I might look at it and be like, nah, it's that's not, awful. It doesn't, doesn't work on my standard. So, um, yeah, there's there's all that. But yeah, so so I went over and took over the answer, but do you do you feel the same or differently? Feel yeah, free I to disagree that, that, you know, it, it um, for me, it's it's heavily influenced by the family social dynamic that is yeah. still pretty prevalent in the country. However, if I hear my, hear my daughter speaking right, they they fully intend to grow up in something a little bit different. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, let's uh, let, let's shift a little bit back into the weeds of soccer. Um, obviously, the two of you both spent the season working with City. Uh, you know, front row seat on the field, in the box, you know, being part of just really a special kickoff. I mean, there's no way anybody could have scripted it. But, well, we could have been a little bit better past KC, but um, it was just an amazing season. And at the same time, in a parallel universe in other cities, the growth of the NWSL is really picking up speed. Obviously, the women's game is near and dear to both of your hearts. Mm -hmm. um, Seeing what City did and that ownership group and looking across the state at that stadium and what the current is doing, give me your two cents, 10,000 foot view of how long and how excited would you be to see NWSL pop up under the arch? I can't even describe it, to be honest with you, because it's something that, um, you know, you've always wanted. And unfortunately, when I was coming out of college, um, they had the, you know, the W League was there. I think it was, what was it called? The WUSA at that time? WUSA, yeah. WUSA, yeah, the WUSA League. And I got invited out to a tryout. And while I was out there, the league folded. So then there were no options for women, which is why I played for the Steamers. And I was like, man, this stinks that there's no options for women. Um, and if there was an option here in St. Louis, I'm going to be jealous, to be honest with you. Right. I'm going to be mad that I wasn't here earlier, but oh my gosh, I would be so excited and I would be itching to be a part of it because, you know, growing the women's game has always been how, huge how, for me. How well do you think it would be re received here? Well, in St. Louis, very well. I would hope so. I, don't, I, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, I my, my daughters love going to see City, right? They love yeah. the environment. They love the thing. They love staying for autographs and all that stuff but it's it they liam can can dream to be one of them mm -hmm. they can't right at this point yeah. and so yeah. what might that feel like i took marin this a tournament of nations i think it was yep. in kansas city mm -hmm. years ago and she was just to see the sparkles in her eyes and and to see and to be she's like i want to be one of them and mm -hmm. it was like I don't know if she will be. I don't care if she is, but it's so cool yeah. that she could dream in a little bit different way. Right, that yeah. That you can when she's watching City play. Well, yeah. I mean, it's nice to have role models, right? Yeah. And it's like to, it's nice to have something to aspire to. And who doesn't want to grow up and be like, you know what? I dream to play for my hometown professional team. I mean, every kid has that dream, right? So, I mean, if we ever actually have that option, which we should. We're St. Louis. We're, you know, like 
dear, you know, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get in trouble. But yeah, I mean, we're we'll the cease first. and desist. Then. Yeah, don't worry about we're, it. We're we are the first. <laughs> we are though the first soccer city yeah. in the U.S. And like, so we should have that. You know, we have it for the men, and I know it's going to take a little time because obviously, you know, it just is. I would hope in the near future, within the next five years, that we see a women's team here. That, wow, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I mean, I love sitting and everything, but I'd be like, hey, guys. I'm out. If, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can do both. Yeah. How many times? No, men do both. I can do, do, yeah. I can do both. True. I can do true. both. But I can yeah, do both it, it would be super, um, really cool and to see that at that level, whereas you know, the U.S. women's national teams come here, um, but they're, yeah. they're not going to be here all the time. They travel. They go all over the place, but to have a home, you know, hometown people that are you know we know that the guys are off right now and they're around town and they're mm-hmm. always people like oh i saw so-and-so at at straubs amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. amsterdam you know you see <laughs> these people they're amongst us yeah, right right and so you know to have female players that are amongst us yeah i think would be awesome for for the kids yeah. to know and Not you know what's cool we have two former u.s women's national team captains from st louis i don't know many towns that can say that right you know that is huge yeah. to be able to say that and the, we don't have a women's team here yeah no i mean the, the metrics are just I, I, i'm get i get tired debating my peers my sub peers across the state about sub these peers. types of things <laughs> you know it's like you know, when you look at any aspect of the game, historically, I pick the generation. Mm-hmm. We've been relevant the whole time. Mm-hmm. And in the women's game in particular, that, you know, I don't know what the exact number is, but there's a ratio. There's a percentage of influence that St. Louis has had on the game mm-hmm. on the men's side, you, yeah. know, you know, for a long, long time. But on the women's side, it's the same, mm-hmm. whether it's you know, uh, uh, Becky and crew and... Uh, ECNL national championships, and yeah. you just take your pick. Yeah. Whatever it is, St. Louis women's soccer is nationally relevant right. in the elite club. Yeah. So for us to not yet have an NWSL team, I think that is probably just a little bit bigger of a speed bump or whatever's going on. I don't see how we don't land on one, yeah. personally. Yeah, I mean, and not just that. Look how slew, slew is been amazing oh Katie Shields oh my gosh like I just want to sit in her office and be like what are you doing over here right you know? like they're number 10 let me I be think, a fly right? on your wall something yeah just <laughs> let me sit here and listen to you a little bit uh, but she's done amazing things and you got originally I mean it started with Umsel remember when they what was it 1980 something where they beat you know North Carolina for right. the NCAA I mean that's insane that that yeah. happened so we've had some great women soccer players come out of this area so, yeah. yeah um one thing that uh just to bring it back I just I was you listen to you guys talk and thinking back to some of our previous guests and there's a prevailing theme um, I like themes and patterns so mm-hmm. you you'd mentioned it with your boys uh, team their your men's team mm-hmm. that you know relationship coaching what you really talk mm-hmm. about is relationship coaching right. right and and we already know it's prevalent as being a new model in the workforce right not treating your people like they're automatons and knowing that they don't work in a bubble they have home they have life and those are more successful managers but Shelly Clark was on and she talked Mm -hmm. about relationship Mm -hmm. building we know that Carolyn Kindle leads with relationship building Mm -hmm. and I just think Brie McCarthy who has coached she was our first episode she she coached my daughter and 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 I guarantee that Marin will has not and may not ever have a coach that has poured more into her when it comes to a relationship not that she hasn't had great coaches mm-hmm. when it comes to knowing her as a human and a soccer player oh. nobody has poured more into her than Bree. um and I, I just over and over stephanie gabbert talked about even you know, when she would take over an, a, a, a team that you know she would get to know them mm-hmm. as human beings like just like yeah. you did and i yeah. feel like that you know that a long time for a long time women have tried and have been kind of pushed to fit into a, a man's style, right? You're in a man's world, figure out how to be this way and this way. And that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. I wonder out loud is if women like yourself and Shelly and Stephanie and Bree are actually showing how a, there could be a better way. There right, could there. be a better and, 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 be. or as good as a way yeah. to lead in that way. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you what, I saw that video and I played it over and over. You, I think you put it on Twitter. One of your guys scored. And they all ran over. And they all ran over. I was like, oh. There was twice they did I just it. wanted to ask you, but can I sit on your sideline in case they do that? <laughs> I know. It was, I mean, there was twice where, like, the first game back, um, then they all ran over and hugged me. And then the ref was like, please stay on the field. I'm like, it's unlimited subbing. Like, really? Like, come on. It's a big deal. 
So then he kind of said something about it. And then there was another time where this individual, he was like, I'm going to, every time I score, I'm going to come over and hug you, coach. And I'm like, I would love that. I'd love that, you know? So and that's awesome. Just, and yeah. they play better. Yeah. When you play for stuff like that, when yeah. you play, we all know that when you play for things that are bigger than yourself yeah. or for a relation, sometimes players yeah. will play for a family member or something else more happens and yeah. beautiful things happen. I loved that. Yeah. And, and I hate to say this too, but I think um, the passing of my father this year has really brought our team together too, which was a big, which is a big part of it. I mean, obviously they showed up to that game with the shirts and I like, I've never cried in front of them because, you know, I try to keep that. Mm, I'm tough. You know, um, that was completely uh, touching and just like, it was amazing. And then they showed up to my dad's funeral wearing them. And it was, you know, I think that was a big part of it too. That shows that, you know, we're a family and, and, and as much as I'm there for them, like they're, the, they're there for me too. And that's important for a coach to know. How, how hard is it? For you though, because you're in a you're in a JUCO, mm -hmm. so this familial relationship that you develop, I know. at most it's it's a two year cycle. I know, and that's that's the part I hate about it. Yeah, but I think you're gonna have yeah. those forever, don't you think? Yeah, like yeah. I don't I, I I still remember coaches, and and if I pass them, I'd be like. Come Coach Wallach, you know, I yeah. think forever, especially if you have a yeah. relationship with them, yeah. you're a coach forever. Yeah, I, I've had players who have moved on and are playing somewhere else or playing professionally, and they've called me and be like, hey, coach, you know, I want to talk to you about what's going on over here. Like, And this is just, you know, my second year, so players from just last year. You know, like, I'm, I'm having issues with my new coach. Like, what do you think I should say? What do you think I should do? You know, like, and so they've they've called me, and I'm like, this is, I love this. This is just super important. Uh, how, how active are you with the players? Because obviously with the transfer portal, yeah. Um, being so prevalent, mm -hmm. um, what what's your role in that process when they do uh, when they're on their way out? Are you yep. are do do you have a system in place in helping with that transfer? Yeah, I do. Um, and the first thing I do, and this took me so so long. So I went and I got all the contact information for Division One, Division Two. I mean, all of them. So every single coach, mm -hmm. I looked them up like individually on sites, and I created an Excel spreadsheet. And then I create an Excel spreadsheet for my players that is like on Google Docs, right? So anybody can access it. So I put all of their information on this sheet, like what their major is, what their budget is, whatever. And I send it out to all of these coaches. So they have, I mean, it's probably 300 plus coaches that I send it out to. If someone's interested, then they contact us back and then we start it. So I'm like, I have the access. Um, and then, you know, if no one does, then I personally sit down with them and then I tell them like, this is where I think you would be a good fit because I won't, I won't put my name on a player who is, you know, division, you know, three or NAI level who wants to go to division one. I'm like, no, like, I don't want to put you, I don't want to set you up for failure, you know, where you're going to lose your confidence playing or not, or playing, maybe not, play. not playing and you know, whatever. So I have a conversation with them about that, but I'm very involved. And I think it's very important for people to know that you as a JUCO coach, you have to build relationships with the next level, you know, those four, four year universities, and they have to trust your evaluation of players, because if you send them a donkey, they're never, ever going to go. Yeah. To you they're again. not picking up the phone again. ever, ever. And so that's why it's very important. And I think I've done a good job just knowing people in the community and around the country with the WPSL. I've gotten to know a lot of coaches um and that i have that good relationship with them where if i do text them they're like who you got yep i'll pick this player up because they don't even have to see him they just know like no if this if she's recommending this player they're gonna be good for my program so let let, let me ask a part b to the question then shift it all the way down to the other end of the spectrum the youth game uh youth junior high younger ages specifically because when you joined us well, it's been a minute now mm -hmm. over on the soccer dad side mm -hmm. um we had a part of the conversation which evaluating talent and you were just referencing it in you know what you're not good enough for d1 so d2 d3 talk a little bit about managing expectations if you were to advise parents that are coming up through this process because everybody thinks little johnny and jamie and everything are brilliant right but the reality Sometimes is your club will tell you they are yeah they won't tell you they're not exactly <laughs> yes so speak to the harm <laughs> that misleading younger players at younger and younger and younger ages, what that can do to the development because how important is it to be truthful and honest about ability and pathway and opportunity? Yeah, I think I, I think it's very important to be truthful about that and, and I think it comes with um, you know, like 
like you said, some of the coaches will be like your D1 because they want to put it on their website and they want to be able to promote that so they can pick up the better players later. You know, yeah. it's a recruiting tactic. And I can't tell you how many times, and I've been out of the club world for a while, that I've had parents say, hey, my daughter went and played Division One. It's not working out. She didn't play at all. Is there any way you can help us transfer? And I had nothing to do with their club or even yeah. really know them, but they were misplaced. And then their confidence goes down. And when their confidence goes down, it's very hard for certain individuals <clears throat> yeah. to pick that back up. So it's very important for, for, for those uh, club coaches to tell those players, like, hey, like this is what's best for you instead of saying this is what's best for us as a club because right. it, it will it will affect the kid later in life whenever they're failing and they're not used to failing and feeling that you know so and, and it's important for the parents to stay out of it you know or at least be realistic um and and all of that and then i think the third thing is you know players need to be honest with themselves i think a lot of the times they tell themselves they're better right. than what they really are um and then they don't research what the levels actually look like because like the juco level i've competed with division two teams you know we haven't played a division two oh, team, but sure. we, we beat division two teams we beat division three teams so you know we beat nai teams so juco doesn't mean that we're a low level oh my gosh it no. just it's a different route you know and um i mean it's we, we've got a really good team especially with the foreign situation with internationals coming in we've got people coming in that are 23 25 i had a 27 year old on my team from south africa last year so if you think your 18 year old that plays in the academy can compete against my 27 year old south african then feel free <laughs> you know what i mean so i mean it's it's recognizing too that the the levels are changing and it's about what's best for your kid yeah when i played for lindenwood um i think I think it was my yeah it was my sophomore year um we played merrimack yeah and uh they were junior college national champions and yeah. uh we ended up tying them mm -hmm. um on our home field and we were super pissed and and our yeah. coach was like no that's a good team yeah. by the way i'm yeah. going to recruit some of those players because they're yeah. going to be done yeah. and i hope to get them for their the, the third year here and, yeah. and so we got great players from from junior college um and yeah. i forgot the question i was going to ask you dang it so jb do you have no one? no I had the, one the, coming, the whole juco and then thing I, though I, yeah. the juco thing here in st louis like like so many other things that are soccer relevant we're just different you yeah. know historically flow valley merrimack take take your pick yeah you know i name another city it's won more junior college national championships than st louis has yeah across three or four different juco's right yeah. and that's that's a byproduct of just population. Right. Our culture is a soccer culture. I remember yeah. what it was. Um, <laughs> See, I uh, bought you time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I bought you I time. I raised my hand because I was like, wait, I got it. But you, you're, you, the way you were talking, JB should remind us of Wendy when we had Wendy Dillinger yeah. on. So, and she's, I coached you know, with her. I don't know if you know that. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. think I think I did. I think she mentioned that. But yeah. it reminds me of the way, even I think before you were coaching together, she was over at Fuse. And I remember the first time she talked in front of us as parents, I was like, oh, I played against Wendy. This is going to be good. She, yeah. she, she's going to work these girls. Yeah. But I remember how important, like, even they were several years younger, 15 now, so probably 12 or 13, right. of her just kind of saying, hey, eventually down the line, this could be something, and I really want you to think about fit. Yeah. She really talked about the importance of fit, that yep. D1 is not for everybody. No. You, you, it may fit you as a player just skill-wise, yep. but the life of a D1 player may not fit you. 100%. And, 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 and D3 or D2 even, whatever that might like, that you really have to get to know everything because just playing in those games and at practices, there's so much more to your college experience and yeah. that fit is so important. It sounds yeah. like that's what you were saying. Yeah, well, because, and I experienced that, you know, I went to Division One and played at Kansas and then I came home and played at Harristow. And I think kids nowadays, they think that where they play and the level that they play at defines them. And it does not. It's or about what you, think yes, and they do. They want They're like, they compete with other parents. So who can have the best, you know, whatever, but it's Bumper not about, stickers. yes, <laughs> it, it, it literally is, you know, like, it's not about what you do in college. It's about what you do when you get out of college. Like you can get your degree anywhere. And I've asked some of the kids that I've recruited. And I think I said this on the last show. I'm like, do you know where I played in college? And they're like, no. And I'm like, exactly. Cause no one cares. Once you get out of college and you move on with your life, no one cares when you got but, your degree. But this is St. Louis. Where'd you go to high school? Oh, I know. I you know. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where'd you go to? Everybody knows that. You but. guys were on the Illinois side. Yeah. So I don't even know. Yeah. The right side. Yeah. You yeah. mispronounced oh, right. Goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I wish that that wasn't a thing where pe the kids were like, 
oh, right. in order for me to be known as this amazing soccer player, I have to play here. Well, and I think it's also important that not everybody's financial situation is oh the my same. You're, there's no, I don't think people understand, like, they're like, oh, my kid's going to get a full ride. There's hardly any, no. there's no such thing as that anymore, <laughs> really unless is. you go to a JUCO. Oh, like, they're, honestly. They're, or, or they're playing golf. Or they're playing golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. They're but not soccer, playing soccer for a full it's, ride. That's not, you know, it's, it's not a, a, a true thing. So I, I wish that thing would change because I, I would love to go after some players, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to waste my time because they're going to think that I'm beneath them. And really, we're not. Some of those players, they probably can't even play on my team. To be honest, I feel like I have. I want to ask a selfish question. Uh, for for, I work with athletes on you know mindset. And it's a place that you know I struggled myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if as a coach, you know whatever coaching women, coaching men, something that's universal. Somebody who's got little little one, 10 to 11, 12 years old. You know I like it when they're that age because they're so much more accepting and malleable for new ideas. Mm-hmm. If if you like one thing when they by the time these players are coming to see you at whichever level, WPSL, college. When it comes to like mindset skills or mental, how they approach their game, besides all the touches that we do, is there something in particular like this player just just was able to do this or was able to do this, you know, whether it's recovering from mistakes or whatever that might be, what what would that be? That's that's the one, the big thing. I I want to see. No, no, that's that's it. I want to see what how they react when their coach yells at them. How like when they make a mistake, what their reaction is, how they are with their teammates, you know, how they are with the referees. Those are the things I look at. The skills are body language, body language, big time. That's I mean, that's that's a big thing for me um, because it tells me kind of how they are as a person and an individual. You know, Um, you can have skill. I've seen people have skill where I'm like, I don't want that kid a part of my program because so that's not a myth, right? This happens. It does happen. I I tell the kids this is not a myth. You're saying this is real. Yes. Okay. and, And I'll tell you another thing I look at is the parents. I do because I, there's times where I've been sitting on the sideline and this mom has screamed out stuff about the other kid uh, on the team or yelled stuff about the ref and I'm listening like, like I don't want that on my sideline. Yeah, yeah, I do and and I hate to say that. Um, now that's not what the determining factor is necessarily, but if it's like if that's what I'm going to have to deal with, I don't want to. I don't want that type of. No, know? it's it's real. I I, it is. I I wish more coaches would just admit that that is a. A causal reason yeah. to say we're not a fit. Yeah. Clubs in particular. Right. You know, yeah. because right now the the scenes on the sidelines at, at, at the club level, pick your age. I don't even CYC. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh it is yes. Bad. But I, I also feel like <laughs> that's toxic. an expectation that needs to be set from the top because I did that Absolutely. in my club. I literally had a, a meeting with my parents and I said, I go, hey, I'm not going to come to your office and yell, don't come to mine. You know, if you're on the sideline and you're screaming because the referee made a bad call, then how are you going to react when your kid comes to you and, and you know, is upset because he didn't get your way? Well, guess what? You, that's what you show. You show that you're going to throw a tantrum when you don't get your way and that's I, how they're going to react. Yeah, I have a theory. It's it, my, my theory is called the Disney dog theory mm-hmm. where the human owner has yeah. a dog that looks just like them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what happened. That's what yeah. happens. Oh, it absolutely. You are an example. Yes. You, yeah. you are a complete example, and your kid will do what you do. So if you're throwing up, yelling at the refs, guess what? He's going to do the same thing. And I don't want anything. I don't want to have that a part of that. You know, so I just don't want anything. Next, uh, next chapter. What's next chapter for LKE? Oh my God. What uh, What do you have going on? I, I know. Like every time, there's some new. So, so also not only St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame, but the most recent induction was mm-hmm. Missouri Sports Missouri Hall of Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Yep. I mean. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame in February. <laughs> I said they're running out I'm of busy. options. They're like, it's like one did it, and they're like, we're going to copy. Yeah, I was going to say, you thought a navy blazer would last you your whole life. Uh, now you're up to three different colors. Well, they don't give colors, but the last one, I was seriously starstruck because I got inducted with Adam Wainwright and Barrett wow. Jackman and Jay Delsing and Kenny Wallace and Todd Light from the Rams. I was like, I walked into the room where everybody was sitting and they're like, uh, okay, go sit at the table with them. And I'm like, am I going to get jumped by security if I go over there? Because I'm kind of scared, to be honest. And then, you know, and then it's the awkward sit down because you're like sitting down with professionals. Like, so hey. I'm, like, I'm like, hi. Which you are you are one too. Yeah, but you know, like it's, it was weird. But yeah. it was it was great. They're, you forget that they're humans too. Yeah. You know, you really do. And that, you know, it, you can have frank conversations. And they were all super nice. Did, did Adam give you a copy of his new CD? No, he did not. <laughs> but I did question him on something. He was very shocked. And I asked him, I said, are you left eye dominant? And he's like, yes. How did you know that? And I go, well, because he's a hunter, right? And I was like, well, you shoot your bow left-handed, but you pitch right-handed. And he's like, 
how did you know that? And I'm like, I just watched your video. And it's like, I he was like, sit down next to me. Yeah, yeah you sit like, next to me. This is so crazy that she knows this about me because it's something, you know. So it was kind of funny. I love how that. You that's got, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when you got to, that's small talk. That's small, that's small talk, talk to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> small yeah. talk. But yeah, I yeah. mean, so I'm thinking besides, so college season's over, yeah. right? And then I don't know what your work with WPSL, is it like yep. kind of ongoing? Because I know you do we other do. stuff as well. Yeah. I'm the associate commissioner for the central region. So yeah. like we're so you're always prepared. Yeah. Yeah. We have meetings every Wednesday and we're trying to, you know. And then city of fire back up I here know, at the stadium. Back up hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. We'll that's see. awesome. So yeah. we'll hear her analysis in stadium next to Kristen Carver, who I love. I'm Amazing. like, oh, there they are. They both are here. Let's go. Yeah. It's, it's just such a small community. I mean, we, we we see each other everywhere. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. I, I think the city park and the team and it's just like we've always been relevant, but it feels different. And, I, and I'm, you know, congratulations to you for being Thank an you. integral part of that. And, you know, this has been a blast. It has so, been. It thank always you is. so much. Thanks for I'll having me. I'll be seeing you soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you to Mellow Mushroom. Mushroom. I'm, I'm also ordering good. a pizza. Me too. I was like, it. I need to order some. I'm yeah, yeah. So I'm officially 39 hours, and I think that's about where it's, it's going to stop. It's close enough. It should. It's fine. <laughs> like, you it's need hard. something. I do. Do I? I don't look. You look pale. Do I? I probably do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starving right now. I am too. Just kidding. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, Like, be a cheap date though, because there's just one drink. I know. (laughs) (laughs) One Miller Light. Okay. I'm out. Hey, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great holiday season. Soccer Mom Sunday with Jen and Lindsay. We're out of here. See ya. Time of year.